Whenever someone mentions the need to know God's Word better, most of us feel overrun with guilt. We know we should be more diligent, but we have numerous reasons why we never find the time or the desire. It's time to go the second mile in removing our excuses to treasuring God's Word. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5, 41, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, uh, go the second mile to be able to follow him as closely as possible. And that's why today I want to talk to you about a topic called Tattered Bibles. Now, I know that if you were listening to this, when it is released, it means that really summertime is upon us. And in theory, uh, many of you uh, students and college students, uh, maybe teachers or people people who are just vacating at least one or maybe two weeks this summer. Maybe you're going on some different trips with the family and whatnot. In theory, uh, this is the time of year where we should have more time uh, than ever to study God's Word. And in my experience, it seems as if when I, the more time I have, sometimes the more loose I am with my schedule or my priorities. And sometimes the more... Um, I guess challenging the time is, uh, these simpler I find to be able to be more diligent and disciplined. And I don't know why that is. I found that way in college. Uh, it, the, the, the more hours I had, typically the better grades that I had. And I don't know why that may just be something that I'm wired that way. But what I want to help you with is whether you are a student who has a lot of free time, uh, maybe your job gives you a little bit more buffer in the summertime, or maybe if you're just vacating, what I want to encourage you to to do is not to waste this summer, the next couple months of your life, uh, and just completely just becoming somebody who just doesn't really study God's Word, doesn't grow spiritually. But if you have any type of time, whether it's just vacation, whether it's a little bit more time from work, job, uh, school, you name it, I want to encourage you that you make sure that you make it a priority to study God's Word. And uh, and to do that, I want to kind of give a at least a unpacking a little bit of, of what are the things that could possibly cause us not to treasure it, and then what are some things that you actually could do and maybe some reasonable plans as you think through these next few months to make sure that this is a pivotal time in your own spiritual growth where you find time to um, prioritize opening up God's Word, to study it, to meditate it, to find the places in it that you need to apply into your life, and then in turn to go in turn and share that with somebody else. So let's look at what does it mean to have the Bible right by your heart as you treasure it this summer. Romans 12.2 says that we don't need to be conformed to this world, we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And how do we do that? Well, we have to put something good in it, and that comes down from God's Word. In God's sovereignty, He inspired human authors to write the pertinent information concerning life, faith, the world, and, and most importantly, Himself. If you think about it, it's pretty wild to, to consider, but the Bible was composed by 40 different authors who served in every position and level of society. These authors lived in 13 different countries. Uh, the writings came from three different continents. The Bible's contents were written down in three different languages over a time period of 1,500 years or 40 generations worth. Within it, it contains 66 books that make up the Bible, which are made up of 1,189 chapters, 
31,173 verses or 783,137 words, and they all amazingly display a unifying message. And that is that the Bible is all about God and his plan to redeem a fallen people. And so with this, uh, this obviously should be something we should desire to study. It is what gives us the Christian worldview. And God reveals answers to the questions that mankind is asking. We find out how God created the world, what the purpose of life is, the manner in which we should live, the description of the afterlife, and so much more. The Bible is a treasure of answers for the Christian desiring to compromise or to comprise a worldview according to God's standards. But I believe this, that while the Bible is a treasure, it will only benefit you as much as you treasure it. In a world that attempts to ignore biblical teaching, which it increases every single year, you've got to realize that the Bible will benefit you only as much as you treasure it. And what I've realized is that there's really five types of Bibles out there for us. I know there's numerous translations and different types of studies and whatnot, but let me give you a couple of concept Bibles. First one is what I call the Tattered Bible. The Tattered Bible, it's a rare commodity. It's worn out book is not in its current state due to neglect or abuse. The owner of a Bible like this has not taken it for granted or failed to protect it. The owner actually loves God so much that he or she cannot get enough of it. The wear and tear of this Bible is due to the owner's intense passion to know the Word. You'll see passages underlined in Habakkuk just as much as you'd see in James. And pages are imprinted with the fingerprints of a Christian who know uh, that in order to love God better, the person needs to know God better. And so this person not only hears the Word, but also does the Word. This is the owner of the tattered Bible. Now let me give you the number two, the study Bible. The second type of Bible is the study Bible. It's a massive conglomeration of pages that are sandwiched between like two pieces of genuine leather. It's dressed to impress. It weighs a lot. It's essentially bulletproof. It's got scratch and sniff portions in order to experience the author's culture better. I mean, the owner of this Bible is a serious student of the word. The problem is that with this type of Bible sometimes is that they may not be a serious applier of the world, yet they've studied it. But the owner's read a bunch of Bible and knows a lot of the key stories and verses, but for all the knowledge that the owner possesses, it never translates into life or transformation. Now, that's the study Bible. Let me talk about the suffocated Bible for a second. This is the third type, and this Bible can't breathe because the owner's life is choking the air out of it. The fast pace at which the owner is living keeps him or her from ever getting deep into the pages. This owner loves God but lacks discipline to make um, scriptural intake a priority. And so there's so desire to please other people and other things in life that since God is the most forgiving person in the owner's life, the relationship with God always takes the back seat. This owner would never dream of disappointing other people, but by neglecting God's word, the owner is not disappointing God, but actually hurting himself, according to James chapter 1, verse 24. This person really wants to know God, wants to know the Bible, but for whatever reason, there are too many other things vying for the priority, vying for the time, and they never get around to studying God's Word. So if we think about it, right, that within this person, the intention is not enough. The heart is not enough. Even the desire, deep down desire is not enough. You know why? Not because it's a priority, but because something takes a greater priority. Therefore, the person with a suffocated Bible can never find time to open it up and to learn more about who God is and who we are supposed to be and relate to that fact.
So we've talked about the tattered Bible that's just wear and tear because somebody loves it so much. We've talked about the study Bible who's somebody who's just very academic in their pursuit. We've talked about the suffocated Bible that the person is just way too busy. Let me talk to you about the fourth type of Bible, which is the emergency Bible. This owner cracks open it only in times of crises, just like the first aid kit. And when tragedy strikes, when questions arise, when doubts emerge, this owner runs to the emergency Bible for a quick fix. Once this person makes it through the crisis, the owner promptly returns the emergency Bible to standby mode just in case another tragedy comes in the owner's direction. Uh, have you ever had one of those friends, think about it this way, who only come around when he or she needed something? Normally, you dislike that type of friend, right? You tend to resent his or her presence due to their fair-weathered friend status. Well, the owner of the emergency Bible is like that with God. The owner only fosters that relationship when he or she needs something. It's not, and it's just always in crisis mode. It's always in an emergency that you crack it open. And as soon as the emergency goes away, this person goes away as well. And then we finally get to the fifth type of Bible, which is what's called the dusty Bible. This Bible is dusty because you guessed it. It's just simply never used. The owner honestly thinks that the biblical message is irrelevant impractical, maybe incorrect, uh, or maybe just downright unhelpful. The, this, this Bible is acknowledged as sacred, perhaps, but it carries no weight in the mind of its owner. The owner of this Bible will often claim that the Bible is just too complex of a document to comprehend. Um, by mentioning the challenges accompanying becoming a student of the Bible, this owner excuses the need to study its message. Um, most of us don't let a challenge slow us down from something we truly desire. I mean, if you and I get an electronic gadget as a gift, it's hard to use. You don't keep it in the box due to frustration because it's too confusing. If you want to use it, you're going to work at it. Well, the owner of the Dusty Bible is at the crossroads. If the owner truly wants to know God's Word, uh, he or she is going to figure it out. Until then, they're going to miss out on God's answers to the world's questions. So this is the question for you. If I was in your house right now, right? If I was uh, watching to see, uh, it's one thing to look at the physical nature of your scriptures that you hold fast to, right? But I want to talk specifically about what does it mean for you? What would be most representative of your scriptural intake right now? Would it be the tattered Bible, somebody who just loves it and is learning it and meditating it, applying it, teaching it to others, and it is a source of life and you treasure it? Would it be more of an academic pursuit like the study Bible? And you know all the theological concepts and you can impress everybody with your Bible trivia, but your life really hasn't been taking a different from it. Or maybe you have that third one, that suffocated Bible, where you know it's important, you feel guilty, and you wish you had more time to spend in the study of the Word, but the just pace of life just uh, just completely suffocates it out, and you're too busy, and you get up too late, and too many responsibilities and too many expectations by other people. Or maybe you have that emergency Bible. You only crack it open when times get difficult, and you have to go run for help. And in that type of situation, you really never foster a relationship or grow. You're only just operating in crisis mode after crisis mode. Or maybe you have the dusty Bible. It's just on the shelf because you don't see the benefit of it. There's no type of in your own mindset that you think it's going to be helpful to you. What I want to tell you today is, as we mentioned in Romans 12, too, that don't be conformed by this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
uh, you are as uh, scripturally uh, wise as you have decided to be. There's nothing inside of you that's somehow deficient that you can't learn God's word. And in 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul tells his son in his faith, do your best to study the word. He doesn't say do the best of somebody else, do your best. And so wherever you have, I would encourage those that have a dusty Bible or emergency Bible, maybe a suffocated one or a study one, to move to a place where you treasure God so much that you want to know. And one day you have a tattered Bible as well as you continue to know him better. I hope to see you on the second mile.